Chapter thirty three of The King of Elfland's Daughter by Lord Dunsany. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter thirty three The Shining Line. Alverick wandered on alone of that small company of three without a hope to guide him. For Niv and Zend, who were lately led by the hope of their fantastic quest, no longer yearned for Elfland, but were guided now by their plan to hold Alverick back from it. They vacillated more slowly than sane folk, but clung with far more than sane fervor to each vacillation. And Zend, that had wandered through so many years with the hope of Elfland before him, looked on it, now that he had seen its frontier, as one of the rivals of the moon. Niv, who had endured as much for Alverick's quest, saw in that magical land something more fabulous than was in all his dreams. And now, when Alverick attempted lame cajoleries with those swift and ferocious minds, he received no more answers from Zend than the curt statement, It is not the will of the moon, while Niv would only reiterate, Have I not dreams enough? They were wandering back again past farms that had known them years before. With their old gray tent more tattered, they appeared in the twilight, adding a shade to the evening, in fields wherein they and their tent had become a legend. And never was Alverick unwatched by some mad eye, lest he should slip from the camp and come to Elfland, and be where dreams were stranger than Niv's, and under a power more magical than the moon. Often he tried, creeping silently from his place in the dead of night, one moonlight night he tried first, waiting awake till all the world seemed sleeping. He knew that the frontier was not far away as he crept from the tent into the brightness and black shadows and passed Niv sleeping heavily. A little way he went, and there was Zen sitting still on a rock, gazing into the face of the moon. Round came Zen's face, and newly inspired by the moon, he shouted and leapt at Alverick. They had taken away his sword, and Niv woke and came towards them with immense fury, united to Zend by one jealousy, for each of them knew well that the wonders of Elfland were greater than any fancy that their minds would ever know. And again he tried, on a night when no moon shone, but on that night Niv was sitting outside the camp, relishing in a strange and joyless way a certain comradeship that there was between his ravings and the interstellar darkness. And there in the night he saw Alverick slipping away towards the land, whose wonders far transcended all Niv's poor dreams, and all the fury the lesser can feel for the greater awoke at once in his mind, and creeping up behind him without any help from Zend, he smote Alverick insensible to the ground. And never did Alverick plan any escape after that, but that the busy thoughts of madness anticipated it. And so they came, watchers and watched, over the fields of men, and Alverick sought help of the folk of the farms, but the cunning of Niv knew too well the tricks of sanity, so that when the folk came running over their fields to that queer grey tent from which they heard Alverick's cries, they found Niv and Zend posed in a calm that they had much practised, while Alverick told of his thwarted quest of Elfland. Now, by many men, all quests are considered mad, as the cunning of Niv knew. Alverick found no help here. 
as they went back by the way by which they had marched for years niv led that band of three stepping ahead of alverick and zend with his lean face held high made all the leaner by the long thin points to which he had trained his beard and his moustaches and wearing alverick's sword that stuck out long behind him and its hilt high in front and he stepped and perked his head with a certain air that revealed to the rare travellers who saw him that this sparse and ragged figure esteemed itself the leader of a greater band than were visible indeed if one had just seen him at the end of the evening with the dusk and the mist of the fenlands close behind him he might have believed that in the dusk and the mist was an army that followed this gay worn confident man had the army been there niv was sane had the world accepted that an army was there even though only alverick and zend followed his curious steps still he was sane but the lonely fancy that had not facts to feed on nor the fancy of any other for a fellowship was for its loneliness mad zend watched alverick all the while as they marched behind niv for their mutual jealousy of the wonders of elfland bound niv and zend together to work as with one wild whim and now one morning niv stretched himself up to the fullest possible height of his lean inches and extended his right arm high and addressed his army we are come near again to earl he said and we shall bring new fancies in place of outworn things and things that are stale and its customs shall be henceforth the way of the moon now niv cared nothing for the moon but he had great cunning and he knew that zend would aid his new plan against earl if only for the sake of the moon and zend cheered till the echoes came back from a lonely hill and niv smiled to them like a leader confident of his hosts and alverick rose against them then and struggled with niv and zend for the last time and learned that age or wandering or loss of hope had left him unable to strive against the maniacal strength of these two and after that he went with them more meekly with resignation caring no longer what befell him living only in memory and only for days that had been and in november evenings in this dim camp in the chill he saw looking only backwards through the years spring mornings shine again on the towers of earl in the light of these mornings he saw orion again playing again with old toys that the witch had made with a spell he saw Lirazel move once more through the gracious gardens, yet no light that memory is able to kindle was strong enough to illumine much that camp in those sombre evenings when the damp rose up from the ground and the chill swooped out of the air, and Niv and Zend, as darkness came stealing nearer, began to chatter in low eager voices schemes inspired by such whims as throve at dusk in the waste only when the sad day drifted wholly thence and alverick slept by flapping tatters that streamed from the tent in the night then only was memory unhindered by the busy changes of day able to bring back earl to him bright happy and vernal so that while his body lay still in far fields in the dark and the winter all that was most active and live in him was back over the wolds in earl back over the years in spring with lirazel and orion how far he was bodily and sheer miles from his home for which his happy thoughts each night forsook his weary frame alverick knew not 
it was many years since their tent had stood one evening a gray shape in that landscape in which it now waved its tatters but niv knew that of late they had come nearer to earl for his dreams of it came to him now soon after he fell asleep and they used to come to him further on in the night on the other side of midnight and even towards morning and from this he argued that they used to have further to come and were now but a little way off when he told this secretly one evening to zend zend listened gravely but gave no opinion merely saying the moon knows nevertheless he followed niv who led this curious caravan always in that direction from which his dreams of the valley of earl came soonest and this queer leadership brought them nearer to earl as often happens where men follow leaders that are crazy or blind or deceived they reached some port or other though they stray down the years with little foresight enough were it otherwise what would become of us and one day the upper parts of the towers of earl looked at them out of blue distance shining in early sunlight above a curve of the downs and towards them niv turned at once and led directly for the line of their wandering march had not pointed straight to earl and marched on as a conqueror that sees some new city's gates what his plans were alveric did not know but kept to his apathy and Zen did not know, for Niv had merely said that his plans must be secret. Nor did Niv know, for his fancies poured through his brain and rushed away. What fancies made what plans in a mood that was yesterday's, how could he tell today? Then as they went, they soon came to a shepherd, standing amongst his grazing sheep and leaning upon his crook, who watched and seemed to have no other care but only to watch all things going by, or when nothing passed to gaze and gaze at the downs till all his memories were fashioned out of their huge grass curves he stood a bearded man and watched them with never a word as they passed and one of niv's mad memories suddenly knew him and niv hailed him by his name and the shepherd answered and who should he be but vand then they fell talking and nib spoke suavely as he always did with sane folk aping with clever mimicry the ways and the tricks of sanity lest alverick should ask for help against him but alverick sought no help silent he stood and heard the others talking but his thoughts were far in the past and their voices were only sounds to him and vand inquired of them if they had found elfland but he spoke as one asks of children if their toy boat has been to the happy isles he had had for many years to do with sheep and had come to know their needs and their price and the need men have of them and these things had risen imperceptibly up all around his imagination and were at last a wall over which he saw no further when he was young yes once he had sought for elfland but now why now he was older such things were for the young but we saw its border said zend the border of twilight a mist said vand of the evening i have stood said zend upon the edge of elfland but vand smiled and shook his bearded head as he leaned on his long crook and every wave of his beard as he shook it slowly denied zen's tales of that border and his lips smiled it away and his tolerant eyes were grave with the lore of the fields we know no not elfland he said 
and niv agreed with band for he watched his mood studying the ways of sanity and they spoke of elfland lightly as one tells of some dream that came at dawn and went away before waking and alverick heard with despair for lirazel dwelt not only over the border but even as he saw now beyond human belief so that all at once she seemed remoter than ever and he still lonelier i sought for it once said van but no there's no elfland no said niv and only zend wondered no replied van and shook his head and lifted his eyes to his sheep and just beyond his sheep and coming towards them he saw a shining line so long his eyes stayed fixed on that shining line coming over the downs from the eastward that the others turned and looked they saw it too a shimmering line of silver or a little blue like steel flickering and changing with the reflection of strange passing colors and before it very faint like threatening breezes breathing before a storm came the soft sound of very old songs it caught as they all stood gazing one of van's furthest sheep and instantly its fleece was that pure gold that is told of in old romance and the shining line came on and the sheep disappeared altogether they saw now that it was about the height of the mist from a small stream and still van stood gazing at it neither moving nor thinking but niv turned very soon and beckoned curtly to zend and seized alverick by the arm and hastened away towards earl the gleaming line that seemed to bump and stumble over every unevenness of the rough fields came not so fast as they hastened yet it never stopped when they rested never wearied when they were tired but came on over all the hills and hedges of earth nor did sunset change its appearance or check its pace End of chapter thirty three the shining line